There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. Recently, I encountered a band that stopped me in my tracks. Merging the traditions of hip-hop and indigenous music, the rap duo Snotty Nose Rez Kids, hailing from the Heisler people of what's now British Columbia, make a sound that's not quite like anything I've ever heard. On tracks like War Club with DJ Shub, they connect indigenous struggle to the Black Lives Matter movement. This beauty and unity, indigenous sovereignty, black liberation. We go coast to coast, homie, this the formation. This revolution will be live and decolonized. The next seven generations, all my relations. And on Bougie Natives, Snotty Nose Res Kids celebrate traditional culture through a modern lens. We them Bougie Natives. As much as this music has a message, it also bangs. And Snotty Nose Res Kids' new album, Afterlife, runs the gamut of emotions from tackling police brutality on Red Sky at night. Love, love, please help me. Help. There's a killer on the loose trying to scalp me. We're safe in the streets from the people, the police, so the system put in place for the wealthy. No justice. To celebrating their community on Wild Boy. Big niche. Oh, shit. Red's road. My streets. Cop shield. Their first tour since COVID brought them to Los Angeles, where I got to catch them at the Moroccan Lounge and speak to them at their hotel lobby the next morning. Here's my conversation with Snotty Nose Res Kids. Could I ask you guys to introduce yourselves? Hey, what's good? My name's Darren Metz. I go by the name of Young D. Yeah, my name's Young Tribes, and I'm the other half of Snotty Nose Res Kids out of Vancouver, B.C., Welcome, y'all. Thanks so much for joining us. I, I would like to uh, maybe start just like talking about Snotty Nose Res Kids. Where, where did that come from? Snotty Nose Res Kids kind of like, it's always been like a part of who we were. And, you know, as indigenous people, like we are very proud of our identity. You know, the Snotty Nose comes from having freedom to roam around your, your community at a very young age and just have a safe place to be yourself. And, you know, Res Kids obviously... You know, like we're from reservations and, you know, like we rep our res, even though we're like, we're like city boys now. But, you know, like we always carry that. We're, we're, that's where we're from. We're from the res. So Snotty Nose Res Kids, we just like carry that everywhere we go. And it also lets you know who we are without us having to explain who we are. I'd love to talk about uh, one of your earlier tracks just to kind of introduce your sound a little bit. It's a song that you guys crushed last night called creator made an animal one time for the home down the best road two times for the crew in the city though legend has it that creator made an animal you need know i'm an animal one time for the home down the best road could you tell us the meaning of that that title creator made an animal yeah i think it was like back when 
we were making uh, Trapline, and there was a lot of kind of like animosity and like a lot of people looking down on Native people for holding up pipelines that were going across our territories, and more in particular, Wet Suetzen territory up in like Northwest British Columbia. And the pipeline's coming through the community, right? Like coming through the trap lines. So like we put together the album called Trapline and it kind of explained who we were, like Darren said, without having to explain it, you know? Like we make almost like, kind of like, like we run on trap beats, Atlanta sound. And we thought like, what better way to pay homage to like rap and ourselves than to call the album Trapline. And Creator Made an Animal was just kind of like that, you know, like back in the day, there was a phrase that said, kill the Indian, save the man. And we were called savages. And I got savage tattooed on my neck right now. And I rep that to the fullest. So like, obviously like, like everyone praises God, we praise, praise Creator. With that, it was like, yo, like we just like let that savage come out in us. And we just thought the song would have been perfect for that. Like, you know, Creator Made an Animal. It's pretty hard. 500 years, my people been humble. 500 years, we dealt with the struggle. 500 more years for all of my youngest. For 500 years, we've been drumming and drumming. Geronimo back, set the bull back, crazy horseback. You mentioned uh, your use of the term savage. It's something that, you know, you could hear in a track like Megan Thee Stallion, right? Savage. I'm a savage. Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. And that's part of the sound of hip hop. Yeah. But I feel like when, when y'all use that, that word, it has a different yeah. significance. Yeah, yeah. Could, you, could you speak to what that word means for y'all? Uh, it's growing up, it was, that's what we were called. Like we weren't even considered human. They were like, oh, they're savages. We need to teach them the ways of, to make them like us, to make them more Christian-like. So like, yeah, it's a hip hop term, but for us, it kind of, it's not. Like, we're fucking reclaiming that shit, you know what I mean? Like, we grew up getting called savages and, you know, like, dirty Indian and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And right down to kids' movies when you watch, like, Pocahontas, you know what I mean? Like, savages, savages, barely even human. Like, I don't know who the hell greenlit that movie, but it that's how far it goes. And when you watch movies like that as a kid, it goes in your subconscious, right? And... So as we grew older, it's like, fuck that, let's reclaim that. And for me, you know, uh, like Darren said, like when we were kids, like I remember like playing against, I think it was a netball game and we were in like primary school, like elementary and we played uh, this Catholic school and we whooped their asses, yo, like destroyed them. And at the end, yo, like they started chanting that song from Pocahontas, savages, savages, barely even human. And that, and yeah, like, that's how it was. Disney movies, Looney Tunes, uh, just all the cartoons that we loved growing up. For people that aren't indigenous, it taught them to hate natives. And that's what it was designed to do. Cause like people did not like native people. We just were a nuisance to society. We we're in the way, you know what I mean? And that's how indigenous people are looked at across like the world. There, there was a, a moment at the show that really stuck out when you kind of have a quotation or reference to Kendrick Lamar's song, All Right. 
If you drum off white, is your braids done tight, then we gon' be alright. All eyes on me, like I'm not a human being. Look, we gon' be alright. I got savage on my chest like Supreme. Yeah, and that song is an amazing track and has also become like a kind of a protest anthem for Black Lives Matter. And you you address that in, in other songs as well. Like in, in War Club, you talk about black liberation and intersectionality. So I'd love if if you could tell us a little bit, a bit about like what hip hop means to you, not just as a sound, but as like uh, as a as a political kind of music. Like we've we've just been silenced for so long, and a lot of indigenous people just gradually move towards hip hop because they're really they're more similar than people think when it comes to hip hop culture and indigenous culture. Like hip hop, you have the MC. Well, we have our storytellers. You have the DJ, we have our drummers. You have the graffiti artists, we have our carvers, we have our beaters, we have our painters. You have the B-boys and the B-girls, we have our dancers. You know what I mean? Like, they're very fucking parallel. And, yeah, like, when it comes to, like, you know, we gonna be all right and, like, black liberation and indigenous sovereignty. Hip-hop originally started as, like, the voice of the oppressed, right? Way back in the 70s, even up until now. And when it comes to us... You know, everybody nowadays has all fucking day long to comment on Instagram and Facebook and troll you and try to get under your skin. But for us, it's just like, we're going to use these records to talk our shit. Instead of sitting here arguing with you face to face, you're going to sit down and listen to what the fuck I'm going to say for the next three, four minutes and then tell me your opinion. Hear our story before you fucking, but I didn't do this. Why should I, you know, like... (laughs) Like, nah, shut the fuck up and listen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like Darren said, we're, we have our storytellers. And First Nations culture, especially, like, in North America, um, I can't speak for everybody. I can only speak for ours. But, like, we are people of an oral tradition. There's nothing written. There's nothing set in, in, in script. So for us, like, uh, being able to speak, being able to speak in mind, being able to tell the story of the last generation, pass it down to the next... Yeah. That's our job. That's what we need to do. So, like, for us, we used hip-hop as an avenue to express ourselves and to be able to tell our story. And, you know, like, me and Darren take this shit seriously. And I think that um, in this society, in this day and age, hip-hop is the perfect way to do it and to pave the way for the next generation coming up after us. Let's dig into some tracks from your uh, most recent album. Maybe we could talk a little bit about something else. Granny speak heist like a lava, heist like a rock you are. And my boo is dead, he died in bed. You're a little hey, yo, guy. Watch the street like body grass. Say, love, we come see, come sign. Warrior, baby, yaksu, ya. Actually, would, would y'all be down to to kind of read the, the chorus of, of the song? Okay, so. Granny speak heist like a lava. Granny speak heist like a So, heist like is the language of our nation, the Heisla nation. Right? So my grand is like our grandparents, a lot of them grew up speaking Heisla, you know? And for, for a lot of them, Heisla was their first language before English came, right? But my grand, in this case, she grew up in an English speaking house, but learned how to speak Heisla just playing on the playground with her cousins. And they learned English from her. So I thought that was pretty cool. Baba Heisla Kukwakiwak. Baba in Heisla, that means, that's short for Baba'o, that means grandpa. So I'm saying my grandpa is also Heisla, 
And Kukwakiwak is a nation that's like on the tip of Vancouver Island, Southwest BC. So my Bob is both. And my boo is Diddy Dad. And my boo is Diddy Dad. So <laughs> wifey is Diddy Dad. She's New Chanoth. And Diddy Dad is one of the nations out there. It's West Coast Island. And me, I'm a little Hayoka. So <laughs> uh, I first heard that word. That's when we're watching the last dance, and it was like they're they're explaining Dennis Rodman, and like they were they were like bonding over like indigenous culture, and Phil Jackson's yeah. In this tribe, you're what they call a Hayoka, like you're you're a backwards walking person, you're a little out of the normal. So I'm saying like yeah, my granny's this, my bob is this. Granny's this, my boo is this, and me, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little out there. We march the street like Mardi Gras, that's pretty self, self-explanatory. When it comes to like, you know, blockades, protests, we march the street like Mardi Gras. We do it often too. C'est la vie comme ci comme ça, I throw a little French in there. It's life, like this, like that. Or your baby Yaksu Yak. So Yaksu Yak is from a, a saying that we used on our last album, Trap Line. That means you bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. and like not bad in a way like you gonna steal something, but like <laughs> you bad as in you standing at the front line. Like yeah. you bad as yeah, like you're the knowledge holder, you're the language keeper, you know, like Yaksu Yak. Long hair don't care, come rock with us. Yeah. So long hair don't care has been our theme since like 2017, ever since we started growing our hair. And yeah, man, something else. This uh, <laughs> that came from uh, the last presidential election. Categorizing yeah. the polls. Yeah, categorizing the polls, and like this ethnic background was certain percent. This ethnic background was certain percent. Hispanic, black, white, yeah, Asian. And then instead of saying like indigenous, it said something else. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, okay, but you know, just. Like indigenous people, like the way we are, is we got like a certain sense of humor, you know what I mean? And like instead of being outraged, like indigenous TikTok and Twitter, they just flipped it and made so many fucking hilarious jokes, <laughs> funny ass memes and shit. Yeah. And we're just like, man, we got to make a song. Yeah. I'm something else. Yeah. And that's, that's the way that like you know like indigenous like humor is. You know, we have so much shit to be mad at. And so when stuff like this happens, you just got to make the best of it and just laugh at it, you know? There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When I listen to your music, one of my favorite aspects and, 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 and a sound that I feel like is really connected to 
hip hop and especially old school hip hop is the way you two trade off vocals. And it's so exciting to listen to. I would love if you could take us through the process of like writing a song and, and how you choreograph, because it's very uh, virtuosic the way you hand these vocals back and forth. Like maybe you could break down how that how that happens when you're when you're writing together. The idea of it kind of came from Watch the Throne. You know, there was a Paris track, <laughs> Gotta Have It. Mm -hmm. Otis. We're huge Jay-Z and Kanye fans, and obviously, like, it's been going way back in hip-hop, you know, like, Method Man, Red Man, like, people have been doing it. But, like, when it comes to us, I think, like, the way that me and Darren do it is, like, we just sit down and we just go bar for bar, or four bars for four bars, like, and just go back and forth, and we write together. Two projects ago on The Average Savage, we wrote a song called Northern Lights. And we we're like, yo, let's try and do that like J and Yay thing. And on Northern Lights, it took us like how long do you like three different sessions, writing <laughs> sessions to get it right? Yeah. And then, but once it happened, it just clicked, you know? And we also do it again on Sink or Swim on our latest project. And I think that the difference between us back then and us now is we're way more in sync. Yeah. And we're just like, we just like feed off each other. Like, it's just easy. Yeah. You just mentioned Sink or Swim and, and your performance of that song was definitely one of the most climactic moments of the show you have have everyone create a mosh pit and you really just get people just start getting pretty hyphy. What what does that feel like after a, a year plus in lockdown to have that moment, that release of energy? Like what does that what does that feel like and what does it mean for y'all? It's hella dope to have it back <laughs> but the only thing is that's missing is us being in the middle yeah. you know because like, it's, it's hard to do it with covid and we don't want to risk anything on this tour but yo pre-covid bro <laughs> we were we were in there yeah. we were in there with them we weren't on stage it was like <laughs> before we started like hey yo, open up open up open up and yo and we hop and we're fucking dead in there and we tell the crowd yo knock us on our fucking ass let's <laughs> yeah, go that's how it was, that's how it was. but yeah. i wish I wish the States could have seen that part of us, but, yeah. you know, next time. Yeah, next time. <laughs> Do you feel like there's a, it's, it's not only this musical experience at the show, but there's also like this community? That, that's kind of what I was feeling last night. I was like, this feels different than going to, you know, a lot of bands. Like there's this, this energy, this people seeing each other in the crowd. Like, what, what does that mean to y'all? I feel like for us, like Tribe Called Red really set the bar for like indigenous people coming together and like partying together and having a good time on a night out. Obviously with like native people, like there's the stigma that makes people think that we're like addicted to drugs, liquor, alcoholics, all this shit, but it's not like that. And Tribe Called Red really set the standard for us for when it comes to like partying and like just like celebrating ourselves on a night out and like witnessing like history. 
you know, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to make history here. And I feel like when it comes to us and our live shows, we really put that into like, we really pride ourselves on that. So we try to like put on the best show that we possibly can every single night. And we do that for our, our community, for our people. I feel like a, a moment that, that speaks to what you were just talking about is uh, when you kind of bring it down and uh, you, you talk about the, the reality of where you're at and where people are at. The, you talk about the, the toll on people's mental health experiencing a global pandemic. That it takes a toll on your mental health, sure, your emotional that. health, True. your spiritual health. True. It's important to take care of that shit, fam. You just can't ignore it forever. Hell no. no. soon forever comes to an end. You know what I mean? What made you decide to include that, that message in the show? Me personally, like, sometimes throughout the pandemic, where I just struggled with my mental health, man. And, like, it's... I'm thankful for, like, my family that I have, you know, and my support group, like, support group like just just like my the people that support me you know what i mean and like and that's why like we made songs like change and after dark for life after you know it's just like yo like we go through it too and it's a because like especially when it comes to men we're just taught to like bottle it up like men don't cry you know what i mean and when you have that mentality then you get to fucking late 20s, early 30s, you don't know how to communicate, you don't know how to, you know, and then you just end up like trying to drown it with a bottle or something, you know what I mean? And like, so mental health is probably my biggest takeaway from this pandemic. And it's like, I know like if we're going through it, there's definitely other people out there in the world that are going through it too, you know? So we just wanted to take that time and like, we just want to take the time in that show or that part of the show just to like, just to be real, just to be vulnerable. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, we're going through it too. And yeah, we try to let people know that like self-love is the best love, you know, like, and during our shows, like for us, it was always hard, like growing up, like how we were taught to hate ourselves from a young age. And I mean, growing up, it was always, you're pretty cool for an Indian. You're, you're, you're pretty, you're pretty dope for a native, like that kind of shit. And that, like that, that didn't really like, I didn't understand it growing up, you know? So for us, like, we're in a new time, and I think I have a, a line in one of my songs that says something about, I love myself, what's gotten into me? You know, like that, something like that. And it wasn't until, like, the last 10 years that we started to actually be, like, proud of who we are and where we come from. So we make sure that we stress that in shows. We tell the crowd we love you guys. Uh, we love ourselves. The light, the light that I see in you guys is what I see in myself. I love you like I love myself. And I make sure that I stress that because self-love is the best love. Is there one line, one rhyme that comes to mind for each of you when you think of this new album and, and what, you're, what you're trying to say, what you're trying to communicate? Like, if I just had you kind of free associate, like, what would be the first rhyme that comes into your head when you think about this, this project in this moment? As of right now, my moment, my rhyme, I'll say it like, if you doubt yourself, you doubt your ancestors. Every blessing you know becomes a curse. I've been putting in this work shit. I'm just praying that it works. Fall on seven, get a beta, smudge it off after. Cause when you doubt yourself, you doubt your ancestors for real. Not a rhyme, but a line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I think for me, it's like, if it probably comes from if I die today. Yeah. And like, if I die today, you better pour one out for me. Over the last little while, like, yo, we lost a lot of people during this pandemic, right? So, like, I just want to be remembered for the goodness like that we that we bring into the world and like when my time comes i want to know that i left uh my mark and like made an impact on people's lives so like that song's really important to me thank you all so much for talking with us hell yeah no it was it's it's been an honor man it's like we since we were kids man it's always been a like dream of ours to be out here in la especially doing what we do and yeah it's just like Dreams come true, man. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Dreams come true. You just got to grind. <laughs> you just got to grind, man. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you, bro. Yeah. Switched on Pop is produced by me, Nate Sloan, and my partner, Charlie Harding. Our engineer is Brandon McFarland. Our editors, Jolie Myers. Illustrations by Iris Gottlieb. Social media by Abby Barr. Executive producers are Nashat Kurwa and Hana Rosen. We're proud members of Vulture and the Vox Media Podcast Network. And you can get more of our show anywhere you listen to podcasts or our website, switchedonpop.com. If you're digging the show, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter. We love to hear what you're listening to, what you're thinking about, what your burning questions about pop art. Inevitably, they are going to be the topic of our next show. So so hit us up and you can always email us at contact at switchedonpop.com. We've got a killer playlist of our favorite snotty nose res kid tracks on our Spotify, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes. And otherwise, stay tuned because next Tuesday we'll have a piping hot, fresh new episode for you. And until then, it only remains for me to say thank you for listening. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.